0: I remember, like, you emailing Harry, the CEO, like, so often that, like, I had known his first name by that point.
1: I was literally like, please jump on a call with me. I want to give you product feedback. I was sending him so much product feedback.
2: After our, like, hour-long call, that was extremely useful. That's probably the best institution we i have had in the last half year.
1: I think it just kind of hit me that I'm like, wait a minute. There's a different way to get close. Like, I actually could have put money in. I just didn't know how to do that or how to get started or...
0: And I was very much like, this is too risky, so he's probably not going to do it.
1: But I was like, I really believe in what you guys are doing. Like, really believe. He's like, well, how much were you thinking? And I was like, somewhere between like...
0: It just felt like way too much.
2: To me, when you mentioned, like, I was like, shit, Alex gives us a lot of respect.
0: But you also were just like, you're not escaping this. You're coming along on the journey with me.
3: What I learned through all the this stuff is, it leads into a, a higher level question about what should be your angel investment strategy.
1: Even if he says that we can invest, there's a law that essentially says that we can't invest. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Is there any chance that you would actually be open to getting married? Mm-hmm so that we can invest.
0: This video is sponsored by our friends at Superhuman. So let's start with the very beginning, which is actually back in San Francisco when we initially met over the first couple days that we were talking. I remember you had mentioned to me that you were saving money for the opportunity to one day angel invest. And I had never heard anybody actually say that before. Like you hear about people saving to buy a house or for retirement or for whatever car, but you said you wanted the opportunity to put 20 to 40 K in a company if that came up ever. And that was like the first time I met somebody that was doing that. The only person that I had ever heard of doing this angel investing thing at that time was Gary Vee. <laughs> Yeah. 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 (laughs) So this is something that has been kind of like a long time thing for you. Like, I mean, do you have any thoughts of like when you first had the idea that you even wanted to angel invest?
1: So in a, in a way I, what I've been doing a lot of building the business has been partnering with software companies and there's like a myriad of companies that I've just been so impressed by. And I'm like, I want to be close to you. I didn't really know how to do that short of just like trying to partner with them so some of these companies didn't even have like partnership programs so copper they were prosper works back in the day i reached out to them and i was like hey do you have a partner program they're like no and i was like well can you make one i'll happily be like your first partner and they're like okay so i was spending years just partnering with these software companies because i'm like i'm using your software i love your software i'm implementing it into businesses Can we get closer in some way? I didn't even know what that meant. Sometimes it was like they would give me free licenses that I can use for myself. Sometimes it was like an affiliate where they would give me a small kickback, and that was the way that I did partnerships um, and getting close to companies. And then I think there just became a point after doing this for so many years and essentially building a business around that side of things, implementing software. I think it just kind of hit me that I'm like, wait a minute, like. There's a different way to get close because Dialpad, they're raising money and they're at a billion plus valuation now. And it's like, I saw you guys when you were so small, could I have gotten a bigger upside than versus just partnering? And I'm like, oh shoot, like I actually could have put money in. That's actually a path. I just didn't know how to do that or how to get started or... You know, these companies also later stage. I think that's more difficult to get into at the time. so I just I didn't even know what to do with that. So I think it was like becoming a thought. I had a couple opportunities pop up where they're like, "Hey, you know, um you loved our software before. We're starting a new company. Do you have any interest in this?" But they're weird terms where it was like, at most you can get a two x return over the course of five years. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like a proper angel investment. This feels like there's a level that I'm just like, you know, But that was maybe the first moment that I'm like, wait, I can actually maybe do something with this. So then I think that's where it was like, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. So it needs to be the company that I'm impressed by. And, you know, at the time of having like decent terms. Um, Yeah.
0: And I remember when you first found Motion, we were living with my parents and you had seen an ad, right? On Instagram.
1: I was literally like brushing my teeth for the night in the bathroom and... I was just scrolling through Instagram and I saw an ad pop up and it said like, uh, you know, inmotion.app. dot app. I don't even remember if it said much more than that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, we have efficient dot app. Like this is a cool company because you're also like trying to make this dot app thing a thing. So I clicked on it solely because they had dot app. And then I remember reading the landing page and I'm like, I don't quite get this thing or know what it's even trying to do. But I signed up anyway because I'm like, you're just cool because you're like dot app.
0: Yeah. And then you were using them for, I guess like an afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was like sitting by the fireplace working and you came over and you had this look on your face, like you had almost seen a ghost or something. And you were just like, Andra, I need to get you onboarded on this software because my free trial is going to expire in like four days. And I need to know if I want to like pay for the annual subscription.
1: So, okay. So they did something clever their, their monthly price was like $39 a month per user. Um, and their annual price was $19 a month per user, but you pay for that upfront. So it's literally a 50% discount going annual, which is like, that's, that's insane to do something to that. Um, so I was essentially like, I need to decide if I'm going to buy this thing for the year. That was where my, my brain was going. And they gave a five day free trial, which is like, so short, like shorter than anything else. So I think I was like, It sounds like there's more use out of this because it was a calendar scheduler tool and there's team scheduling components and stuff like that. So I'm like, I need to get you on to see if there's value in this. And then if so, I want to buy this for the year for both of us. So I was essentially like, I need you to shit test this thing to see if together there's like enough value from it.
0: And I remember like at that time it was a Chrome extension and you Mm -hmm. can just do, I think it was like command C or control C or something, option C and your calendar would pop up with all your meetings. And that was like the main selling point at that time. You were really into another app called Sunrise Sunrise Yeah. that you were telling me about like previous and you would like reminisce about this app called Sunrise, which I think was acquired by Slack. Is that right?
1: I think Microsoft. Microsoft. Um, So there's there's another company that this is around like so. Woven they were acquired by Slack and they were essentially like the whole thing is like we're going to create the new sunrise calendar and um, which we were trying. We were trying trying Woven Woven
0: and it was okay.
1: It was it was decent. The thing is they couldn't really figure out the business model for it quite early on and then Slack I guess made them an offer and they just decided to go Mm. go that path. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you got me onboarded. I don't really actually remember like my first aha with motion. Like I remember I just really liked that I can access my calendar really quickly and see what meetings I had. Well, it was,
1: well, we were, we were working out of the browser
0: and it's just like
1: how often you check your calendar. And it's this thing where like you could be in some deep work and you can literally just be like, oh shoot, do I have anything upcoming? Option C, boom, you see your calendar, option C and it's gone. And I think it was just like you check your calendar 20 times a day. So why do you have to like open up a new tab and go to calendar calendar.google.com or whatever? Or it just felt like it was so much resistance, whereas this was like it was there. it was living in the right-hand sidebar. It would have a little bit of like a, an M logo and you can click it if you forget the option C shortcut. And it was just like so accessible. And I think there was just some magic in that
0: and they were doing this clever thing where, like, I remember I opened up my Google Calendar oh, and they would yeah. do a little notification that's like, you can just hit option yeah, C. Yeah. And I remember seeing that once. And from there, it was, like, ingrained in my memory. And I was like, yeah, Google Calendar loads so slowly. Like, it was also the speed yeah. of being like, wait, what time is it? What time do I have a meeting? And then also, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there they had, like, collaborative team, uh, scheduling links where they can check both of our calendars. And I had never seen that before. And this was at the time when we were just starting to work together, like super early days and we were taking on sales calls. Sometimes we had to do
1: joint sales calls. Yeah. yeah, So
0: it was so easy because the leads would come in primarily through your business. And then I had like my own clients and stuff on. So it was just so easy because it would check my calendar, your calendar, and then it would offer only the times that we were both available. I don't know if other software was doing that at that time, but it was the first time I personally experienced Mm. it. And I was like, geez, like that's like less fatigue for me. I don't have to like check Alex and this and coordinate like it's just done.
1: Yeah. I think there, there was a mixture. The thing that really like grabbed my attention with it was, I was looking for a calendar app and then I was also jumping into all these different scheduler apps. So I was using Calendly, of course, like everyone. And then I was trying like Chili Piper, but they started going more enterprise focused integration with Salesforce. And I just, I was signing up for a new scheduler like every other week. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're trying to do almost the sunrise calendar thing. Plus the scheduler in it, plus the team scheduler component in it. I was like, Oh, all of that in one, I don't need to have Calendly anymore. I don't need to have Chili Piper anymore. And I was like, it was almost an all in one tool that served the purpose of time at that point. Um, and then we got to use it together. And I just remember like reaching out to their team and just giving so much feedback, like, oh, it should do this. Or like, you know, there's just so much that I was like diving in, loving the product. And I'm like, I just want to give you feedback on, on ways to improve it. Cause I was already using all these other scheduler tools. So I'm like, I have a lot of product feedback to give. And then I think there's a point where you had, gotten an email from them i was like literally like please jump on a call with me i want to give you product feedback i was sending them so much product feedback and then you got uh, a product feedback request where it said we'll pay you 50 dollars for you to give us product feedback or like jump on a call and whatever and i was so jealous and i was actually kind of like frustrated i was like this like i want this in a way I'll, i'll do this for free why did you get this why didn't i get this
0: to be fair i remember like being in bed next to you and you emailing Harry, the CEO, like so often that like I had known his first name by that point. So I remember saying to you, I was like, maybe it's because you give them a lot of feedback already. Maybe they already know what you think. And yeah, you were just like, no, I am signing up for this feedback call. And you took the link. You felt so
1: uncomfortable. You're like, you can't do that. And I was like, watch me. Yes. you like, it's fine.
0: Which like, if anybody knows Alex, this is like common thing. (laughs) <laughs> that, that happens. And you were just like, it's fine. I mean, I thought I was honestly just on some list, like they, it's a randomly selected list. So yeah, I had the product feedback call with Harry and yeah, I remember I had like a list of, he was like, do you have something to talk about? Or no, he jumped on and he had questions and I was like, okay, I also have some notes. And he was like, what notes did you make? And it's cause like, I have to show up for every call prepared. So I was like, I'm not jumping on a product feedback call without having product feedback. Yeah. I'm not gonna just be like, I don't know, but really he like guided it. Yeah. Anyways.
1: So we I mean we, we were at the point where we were like going for walks because this is where we were trapped, you know, in in COVID. Toronto during COVID. Yeah. So we would go for walks and we were literally going for a walk and just talking about motion and the potential of what they can do and features. And it was just like we we were geeking geeking out about that. And then we would come home and then we were uh, like all into asynchronous work with our customers and things like that. So I think you were like, should we just record like a loom video together, giving the product feedback that we had come up during the walk. And it was like, sure. So we recorded it and then like, we sent it over to them, you know, and we were, we were, it was at the point where like, I was sending product feedback. You were sending product feedback. We were sending product feedback. They were getting to know you. And then like, you were on the product feedback call. I walked around the background and I like waved, like it was very much like we were so tied in together from the beginning in that.
0: Yeah. And through that, you had mentioned to me that you wanted to angel invest in them. And I remember being like, ha. Like obviously my mind went to the first conversation in San Francisco, but I still didn't take it totally that seriously. Yeah. And I didn't really know what all that meant. So you started thinking about angel investing.
1: I think I like because I had been so frustrated with all these scheduler tools that I was using and I'm like, I know this market so well. I've been looking for this solution in a way for eight plus years now. Here it is. And it feels like it's early on because I think we knew that it was just, uh, Harry, Ethan and Omid and, and it was like just the three of them, the three co-founders doing this thing. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was just like, this feels early on. Like, is this the time? Cause I'm like, I know dial when they had hundreds of employees or whatever, that's not the time to angel invest. So it's like, is this the time? I remember throwing it out because maybe that's the opportunity for it, and then I was also like, "But I don't even know what that means. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know if this is something that thing like people do." So I hit. The, I knew they were a YC company, so my brain was like, um, "Who do I know?"
0: But wait, oh yes, first okay. you actually yeah. did throw yeah. it out to. Yeah. Harry, in an email yes. and you said, I like so love what you guys are doing. You're actually a company I'd like to invest in.
1: Are you guys or I would like, invest yeah. in? Are you guys raising like I, I kind of threw like a little thing out there?
0: But he didn't take it seriously and he totally like ignored that part of your email. Yeah.
1: Cause it because I was also like, I love the name Motion. And I think like in it, it was it, many things in that email. And he was just like, We actually renamed it to Motion because we kept pivoting the business and we needed a name that was more general because we just kept changing. So I was like, well, you guys stumbled on a great name and he's like, cool. We changed our name like 12 times up to this point or something like that. So, um,
0: which these were all indicators also that like they knew what they were doing. Like, I think we were just really impressed with like how Harry and Omid and Ethan like thought about business and yeah, just even something like that. We were like, like they're seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart.
1: So, yeah. So he, he had ignored that and maybe it was by accident, but whatever. Like, I feel like I was quite obvious, like throwing a little thing out there. Um, and then I was like, okay, so he didn't, he didn't bite that. And I'm like, I kind of get it. And then there's also like this thing around like, Oh, YC company is like exclusive. Like Mm -hmm. there's I, whatever. So I reached out to my, my thought is like, well, Evan, he went through YC and he maybe knows how this whole thing works. Cause I'm also like, maybe they can't raise money. I don't know. I don't know how all this works. So I asked Evan, I was like, is there a way that you, you like, first of all, how do you invest in a YC company is what I asked him. And he's like, Oh, what YC company are you thinking about? And I was like motion. And he's like, Oh cool. I was actually going to sign up for a trial with them. I actually wanted to reach out to them. And like they always do these YC things where if you're part of YC, you get like a nicer deal and do it. So he's like, I was actually going to send them a message about, can I get like a trial for motion Um, so he's like, I'll throw it out to them when I reach out to them. So I was like, okay, cool, like thanks. And of course, in this like all this, I'm just like, I have no idea how what's going on. So he reaches out to Harry and says, Hey, you know, I wanted to sign up for motion if we can do like the YC deal. Um I curious, are you guys raising? Because I have a friend that's interested in investing. And I guess like Harry had responded back and he had laughed and he's like, oh no, like sorry, we're not raising right now. But you know, who's your friend? And Evan's like oh Alex Bass and then Harry's like oh my gosh we love Alex just yeah tell him to reach out like of course and then Evan writes over to us and he's just like dude what like you already know them he literally just told me to tell you to like reach out to them like why do you ask me to reach out to them and I was like because I don't know how this works I don't think he took me seriously like I figured I don't know I'm just like stoked at this point I'm like cool so I reached out to Harry and I was just like Hey, so yeah, would love to invest. Um, and he was like, okay, cool. Like we're thinking we can do like a $10,000 allocation. And of course, like that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And I, but I was like, but no, 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 like Harry, like I really believe in what you guys are doing, like really believe. And he's like, well, how much were you thinking? And I was like, "I, I don't know, but like my brain is like somewhere between like 30 and 50 grand. And I like, I really believe in what you guys are doing. Um, so then he responds back and this was this whole thing where he's just like, we have like some angels that have tens of millions of dollars of net worth. And like, they put a 50 grand check in. You're not going to put a 50 grand check in. Um, cause it was just like, he's in a way trying to predict, he's like, you know, this thing's likely going to go to zero. You know how like angel investing and what works with this and whatever. And I'm like, I'm new to this. I don't really know. And he was like, cool. Like here, I'll give you my phone number shoot me any questions you have about angel investing, like whatever. And we kind of like moved off of email into like texting and whatever. And then there's this whole thing of like, okay, now we need to figure out how much allocation he's like, just let me know how much you want to put in, but like, really think about it. And you know, this thing is likely to go to zero. So just like plan with that in mind. Cause I think he had on his conscious, like, I appreciate you want to put such a big check in, but like, I just know, like think about it more or whatever. So, well, I don't even remember. Did I like say anything to you? Like, what was that?
0: I remember you were like, we were talking about motion constantly and we were going back and forth and you were also like shit testing like the idea. Yeah, And I remember feeling like overwhelmed because it was just such a new topic. And I felt like not capable of being able to like advise you on this path. And I remember being in bed and literally pulling the covers over my head and being like, I think I'm going to discourage you. Like, I don't have, yeah. like, I'm not the right person. I was like, you need to talk to someone else about this. It just felt like way too much. And you you did talk to other people about it, but you also were just like, no, you're coming along on the journey with me. You're not escaping this. And I appreciate that. This video is sponsored by our friends at Superhuman. Superhuman allows you to have the fastest email experience with Gmail and Outlook. And it's a tool that you were using before I met you and you wanted to get me on it.
1: I very badly wanted to get you on it. I don't really know why short of I just loved using it. (laughs)
0: And I thought you were crazy because it was about $30 a month to pay for email. And I was one of those people that was like, there's no way I am paying for email. And we were sitting in bed and I was watching you use it. And you were using all these keyboard shortcuts. And it was very cool because you were jumping around and it kind of looked like you were playing a video game. And I was secretly jealous, but I was too committed to the idea that I wasn't going to pay for email. So you said to me, try it for 30 days. There's no free trial, but I'm going to pay for your first month and give you your money back if you don't like it. Yes. So I did, and it's now been two or three years, Yes, and I'm still using Superhuman every day. I
1: never had to refund you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't refund me. I love it. It really is minimal. It's sleek. It does make emailing so much more enjoyable, and I think that's what I'm paying for. It's just to make my work and my day-to-day more enjoyable with it as an interface. So thanks to Superhuman for sponsoring this episode and to take them up on the same offer that Alex gave me, they'll give you a free month and you can get that by hitting the link down in the description.
1: This was to keep in mind, what, three, four months after I finally got you to put money in the stock market, like this, your money was all in a savings account, convinced you to move the majority of it into the stock market. And now like... Here you are being told, do you, I, I think I'd, I, yeah, like, do you want to put some money in on this? Like, this is, I think this is an opportunity that that doesn't come around very often.
0: And that I knew. So I didn't want to just say no right away. And you were also like, this is an experience for us to go through something together. And if you don't have any skin in the game with your own money, it's just not going to be the same. Mm. And I had seen that with investing in stocks because Mm-mm. if you, if I liked a stock or if if um, I was interested in a company, you're just like, you should buy just a little bit of their stock so you can keep an eye on it. And yeah. it did work like I was way more invested. So yeah, that's, that's the extent of the conversations we had. I remember significantly like pulling back and you yeah. like pulling you... with pulling me with you.
1: I was I was jumping on calls with friends that were kind of like in the startup world. Um most of them were saying, yeah, do not put that much in, like very much advising me against that, but I'm I'm like I feel like what you're missing is the backstory of what I feel like the past like eight years of me in this journey. And I know the space and I just know there's something different here. I, at this point I was giving product feedback to random companies for years and I'm like, there's something to how fast they're moving. Like there's points where I'm like, Hey, I really wish that you can uh, press a a shortcut key that would hide and show other people's calendars. So you can easily see who I have calendars along with. And the next day or no, that night at 2am, they're like, Hey, it's there now press. O, and I press, O, and I can do it. And I'm like, not only are they listening to product feedback, but they're building so quickly. And I'm just like, I, this, I like, I want to be around this. And there's just something really magic and special here. And then I remember talking to a few different VCs about it. Um, some, like one VC that I'd kind of known from Buffalo, from, from afar, I kind of reached out and just like, Hey, is there any chance you'd be open to jumping on a call? I know you've invested in a lot of stuff like that. Um, so he jumps on a call with me and the first question that he's says is like, cool. Like if you invest this, like will you, And and it goes to zero, like, will you jump off a building? Like very, like essentially being quite direct in that way. And I'm like, no, no, I understand like, this is a huge risk. It's just like, I really believe in this thing and I feel like it's the right time. And he's like, okay, like the only thing that I would recommend is put smaller checks into more businesses. And, and in a way I'm like frustrated because I'm like, no, 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 like no one understands that this is not like, this is something that I've been waiting and looking for, for so many years that this is something special. This is not a time to be like, cool, I'm going to put a little bit into this one. And then the next one, put a little bit in anything like that. So I kind of was like, cool. Thank you. And I was like, no, but I'm still like, I think it pulled me down. I was like, maybe I'm closer to like the 20 grand mark. Like I need to pull back a little bit. Um, And then I remember reaching out to, I searched uh, LinkedIn for Motion. You could see the people that worked at Motion and one, they had two other people on there that weren't on the team. And I clicked on the profile essentially so that they were an investor in Motion. So one of them, I reached out to um, Victor and I'm just like, hey, I wrote, I, I tried adding him on LinkedIn and it's just like, hey, love one of your portfolio companies. Just want to say like the team is just killer. The product's killer. Like I, like I, I just want to say that I like super stoked. And that was all, this was like, whatever. So he responds back and he's like, oh, you know, thank you so much. Like that's super nice to say. Like this is, that's really, really cool. Um, thank you for reaching out. And then at this point I started getting more serious about, investing so then i was like any chance you'd be open to jumping on a call like i'm thinking about investing and he was like yeah of course so like we jump on a call and
0: which i just want to say like <laughs> i remember being like oh you I oh, was just dying i don't yeah. know i i hadn't been around people that were just putting themselves out there like i just felt like we were like these people like stuck in a house and like you know victor was like this investor and I was just like, you did that, <laughs> and but the, I liked it, but it was just so uncomfortable in a way. Yeah. But yeah, I remember overhearing that call, and he is like the nicest person, and he's like still like we're still in touch with him, yeah. and he's just awesome.
3: I'm a VC investor, so I do work for Hoff Capital uh, on a full time basis. Um, I also do do some angel investing as well. So just answer another one of your questions, yeah. and and yeah. occasionally you know that that happens where, um, you know. Some investment opportunities actually do stand out more so than others, and I feel like there's a very high margin of of safety, like a very high cushion, and I feel like the, the chance of failure for this company is very low, in my opinion. Obviously, it's subjective, but in my subjective opinion, I feel like the failure rate is very low, but the upside potential is very high. In those cases, those are the best opportunities that you want to look for as an investor, right? Those are the ones that have the most asymmetric risk versus reward profile. Risk is low. Reward is high. Sometimes people who believe in the efficient market hypothesis believe that those opportunities don't exist, but that's just bullshit, you know? I mean, like, they do exist, especially in the private market, you know? And so if you can find those opportunities where the risk seems low and the return potential seems high, those are ones that you probably want to put even more money into. And it's fine to have a more concentrated portfolio of those kinds of investments.
1: Yeah, so he... Their, their team led the seed round of motion. And this is one of those things where like you, you start hearing the kind of some of the backstories is unraveling. So mind you, the decision in my mind was made on the product and the team from just like the the calls that we had with them and the shit test of like throwing the software to you and how we collaborate with and everything like that. And then he was saying these things of like, um, do you know their backstory? And I was like, no, like actually don't. And he was essentially saying all of these things, like what, what, how much Harry has gone through to essentially even raise money. And I think they had gotten like, they pitched like 180 investors and got declined by them. And then finally this, this VC firm, like they decided to take the shot on them
3: here. I think the the founders are, are exceptional. Um, Harry's one of the top founders in my book, in our portfolio of, we have like over hundred portfolio companies at this point. Um, he's one of the top founders in my book because um, I got to know him and his personal history and, and his mindset and stuff like that. And I know this guy is a fucking fighter and he is, he is going to do everything possible to succeed. So he came to America from China in high school, didn't know English at all, especially like speaking English. Uh, somehow like, like learned how to speak English uh, well in a few years became valedictorian at this high school. It wasn't like a shitty high school too. It was like, I think a fairly competitive one. Uh, Went to Dartmouth. um, And then same thing uh, at Dartmouth. He was, you know, I think initially blown away by like how smart everyone was at Dartmouth. Uh, And then uh, he eventually, uh, you know, really focused on, you know, I think what he wanted at that point in time was like, how do I maximize my career potential and earnings potential? Cause it wasn't like he came from like a super wealthy family or anything like that. You know, so it so it's important for him to first establish financial security for him and his family. Um, and he was very uh, quantitatively oriented. Uh, eventually he settled on trading and he really, you know, uh, loved the quantitative aspect of that. Won a bunch of like college trading competitions, got internships at like these top places. So like he went to Optiver, which is one of the top proprietary trading firms. Um, got a full-time offer from them. Um, by the time he left Dartmouth, um, you know, he had, he, you know, he, he estimates probably one of the top paying full-time job offers. And then at Optiver, he crushed it. Um, his comp was, I think, you know, like let's say ballpark, I think was already like a million dollars his first year. And then, so the guy absolutely crushed it. And he got like, he built up his like personal wealth to a point where, you know, he he can go for five to 10 years, you know, without, um, you know, making any income, which is then what gave him the comfort to like, you know, quit and start a uh, motion along with his friend, Ethan, and Ethan, same thing, you know, crushed it, was at Citadel, was at KRW, et cetera. So these guys are like really, really uh, bright um, people. Um, I've met a lot of bright people and these guys are really, really bright people. Yeah. And they're, and Harry's, in, Harry's super competitive and it's just been his streak all throughout his life. I and mean, this guy is gonna stop at nothing to like build a multi-billion dollar or maybe even 10 billion dollar plus type company. Uh, he doesn't want to retire. I asked him before, "Hey, you know, like, when, you know, when you want to retire and stuff like that." And he was like, "Ah, oh, I don't want to retire. Like, there's no point. You know, if I retired, I'd just be like bored, and I just want to start working again." So, like, yeah. he's just, like, you know, just like a hardcore workaholic. Um. So, so it, it's first of all, a trust in the people and their track record, their accomplishment. I think they're super bright. They're going to figure things out. Um. You know, they're they're going to break it down quantitatively and figure out like how to make, make the business work.
1: I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this is actually, this, I didn't even have any of that context. I'm just doing this based on the product and the people. And like, this is like, wow.
0: Your gut check was validated yeah. by like someone with more experience. Yeah. Which was also like a greater conviction for me too. Cause I saw him like, here's this person that I live with and I'm dating. And now I'm seeing that like he's really onto something. Not that I didn't believe you, but you know, it is validating. Yeah.
1: So. It was this whole thing where, of course, he has the same question. Then I'm almost like asking, like, how much should I put in? I'm asking this guy that, like, it's not their business. And, and and everyone is in the same type of thing where it's like, put less in than you think. Like, same thing. Like, what would happen if this goes to zero? Like, gut checking, that whole thing. And I'm like, I get it. If it goes to zero, like, that's fine.
3: It, it leads into a, a higher level question about what should be your angel investment strategy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this comes, it, this is like a, almost a personal financial management. Type question. Um, so I think what your friend told you is generally good advice. Meaning, you generally do want to place multiple bets because the startup failure rate is, is still quite high. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's as dramatic as saying almost all startups fail. I think that's a little little too dramatic. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless they're not investing in, in great startups, but um, but still, it is a pretty high high failure rate. Um, so you don't want to feel like you are dependent, like your future livelihood and economic success is dependent on like, you know, one startup. And if that one startup goes and you're you're screwed. So get enough diversification in there. Now there is a trade-off though, that comes with diversification. And this is what you need to think about is the more that you diversify, um, you know, you, you do mitigate some of that concentration risk but at the same time, there is a realistic practical constraint where you may end up diluting the average quality of your investments as well. And, and that's just something to consider. Um, but usually it's better to ear on the side of more diversification. But I will say that sometimes there are exceptions. When you come across an opportunity that for whatever reason, you have higher conviction than normal, that like this is a very low risk of failure right? Mm-hmm. And a very high upside potential. You know, there are situations like that that'll come along when you should take probably a bigger bet.
1: Through all of this, Harry was there and I was disabled to text him and ask him questions. And there's a point where I'm just like, I'm flip flopping. I don't know how much to put in. So then I was like, any chance we could jump on a call? And I think you and I had talked. You were, I, I was like, is there any other? Oh, because I had, from from some of these investors I was talking to, they're like, oh, there's other things that you can do. It sounds like you're super involved. Maybe you can get like advisory shares, and you can like go that path. Sometimes they'll do that type of thing. Like you, you could put some money in, and then also you consult with them and help them, and then over time they'll give you a percentage of the company just in advisory. So of course, here I am, like all these thoughts in my head that it's like, Oh, maybe like, I do want to be more involved with their team, but of course, like, I don't want to leave what we're doing. Like, we're just starting to work together to some degree and all these things like that. So then I asked Harry, like, Hey, any chance you could jump on a call? And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course, man. Like, um, uh, I'm, I'm actually going on a trip with, with some friends, but like, um, you know, I should be free like tomorrow, whatever. So I text him like the next day and I was like, Hey, any chance you're around like after like 6 PM. And he was like, actually, yeah, we're, we're they were doing a road trip. And he's like, we're actually like at a rest stop and everyone's like doing their thing. And he's like, I'm just sitting in the car if you want to jump on a call. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah. Like, so we jump on a call. Hey, how's it going? Good, good, how are you? And it was, we talked for like an hour and I just like asked all these questions because I didn't know anything about angel investing. I was like, what, how does this work? And he's like, okay, so there's a safe agreement. And I was like, what's a safe agreement? And all these things like that. And he's like, it's standard YC, and all these things, like giving these explanations of things. And then I'm, of course, throwing out, like, you know, maybe is there a way that we could do, like, advisory shares or whatever? And then he's just, like, very, like, calmly explained to me why, like, that's not something that's recommended for YC companies.
2: Whenever someone tells us, hey, like, uh, we will do advisory or, like, uh, spend time with you for equity, we have always actually rejected it.
1: He just, like, versus, in a way, writing off of the questions that I had, because I'm obviously coming in in a place of, like, not as much experience, and this is a lot of money, and he just like kind of walked me through how to think about some of this.
0: He was very much a mentor in a way, which was a very unique relationship because that's not what you really hear about. Like he took you under his wing. I remember on on that call and he met you where you were at and explained everything and was very much like, I want to help. And yeah, it was, it was nice.
1: Yeah. And I think it, toward, you know, the tail end of a lot of this, it, it was just like, you know, getting in, like we're not raising right now, getting into these deals, for example, is in and of itself a difficult thing. So what I started realizing at that point is like, he was actually doing me a favor of letting me in when it doesn't make sense. Like you you don't, when you're building, especially when you're in YC, they're like, you build and then you raise, and you raise for a week or two, and then you're back to building. You do not waste time raising. So I started realizing that even him spending the time with me was like, there's actually a different layer that was happening here. And I was almost taking that piece for, for granted, but he was giving the time because we had given so much support along the way. And he's just like, you are literally our high, like our highest power user, highest product feedback person. Like we love you. So of course we want you involved in some way. And I think I didn't realize at that point, the magical piece of all of that, that was happening
2: after our, like hour long call was the last Friday, yeah. um, uh, yeah, that was extremely useful. That's probably the best interview we will have had in the last half year. And uh, we had like a three hour long like product session after that. We were just thinking about solutions to the problem. We actually came up with, like I think, really good solutions that we're going to implement next week.
1: So I think at the end of the call, I think you had overheard him say, yeah, it's like, we're not going to do, like, we can't do the advisory thing. And I think I got off the call. And then I think you were just like, oh, so are you disappointed?
0: But this is what I mean. Like, I was not in—I wasn't assuming positive intent. Like, I remember I was like, oh, well, it sounds like you can't get those advisory shares, so you're probably not going to do this. And you're like, what? This is, like, something I totally want to do. Like, what gave you that impression? But I think—because we just re-listened to the call this weekend in preparation for this podcast—and— yeah the call was like a very positive call and i'm like i just know at that time just i was so, so scared anxiety. i was yeah, so yeah, uncomfortable yeah. with this that i was just looking through it with like a not a negative lens but like a, a what can pessimistic go wrong, like yeah, yeah and i was very much like this is too risky so he's probably not going to do yeah. it
2: to me when you mentioned like 25k i like shit alex gives us a lot of respect but mm-hmm. obviously, like let, let let us know what you think. Let us know, like, if you do want to invest, how much do you want to invest? And come next round, we can probably give you like uh somewhere between a like uh, like I personally do not think you should ever invest more than 50k US unless with a palm market fit. Then maybe like you invest a little bit more, but like like it's risky, right? And uh, but like we'll will be willing to give you like uh, a a decent amount of allocation into the next round as well. But yeah, let let us know what you think.
1: Yeah. So I think at that point we had decided, I'm like, I want to, I want to put a lot in. So I think I had mentally decided 30 grand. And then I was like, are you open to putting anything in like say five grand? And you're like, that's a lot of money. That's literally like more money than I have in, in certain like public traded companies. Like that seems a bit nuts, but I was just like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, we're going to figure out together. I think you being in is going to make us stronger in this. It's going to make like, we're going to go, on walks and talk about this stuff, how cool would it be for us to both share in the upside of what comes from those conversations? And yeah, you're like, I'll, I'll put 5,000 in. So I reached out to Harry and were like, okay, we're in for 35. And,
0: um, okay. Yeah. But wait, we're missing a really critical yeah. piece of the story. So okay. yeah. to invest in a startup, to angel invest, oh, gosh. you need to be an accredited yeah. investor.
1: Okay. So this is where going through all the research in this. I'm like, I'm like watching YouTube videos, like what is a safe agreement? How do safe agreements work? And, and through what I learned in this is gosh, it's a simple agreement for future equity. All that that means in a way is like you're giving this company money with a very loose fitting agreement that if they raise a priced round in the future, so like a series A, series B, series C, those are called priced rounds. That's where you actually get lawyers involved to come in and exchange all the money that you were given for actual equity shares in the company. So the SAFE agreement is literally just an agreement that says, you gave me this amount of money, once we do a price round, I'm going to give you shares equal to this share value based on the time that you invested in. So here's the valuation of the company, here's how much money you gave me, there's a share price essentially that you bought in at. So what I learned through all this stuff is, they could literally turn into a lifestyle company and we never get anything. And that's totally kosher. Like, that's fine. Like, that's actually like, the and, and Gumroad did this. Like Gumroad, they actually got to a point where the VCs were like, can I please sell my shares back to you at a dollar so that we can write it as a loss? Because in this state of you just being a lifestyle business is actually screwing our fund over and we can actually report these things or take the loss to offset gains and things like that. So I started going down this whole path and I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're actually just freaking wiring this company money and they could do whatever they want with what they, whatever they want. And we may never get shares or anything for it. So then there's this distrust this factor with it too. Um, and then you start diving into the, okay, how do I invest? And it's like, oh, you need to be accredited. And I'm like, what is it? Okay. So I start looking up accredited, accreditation status. And what that is, is the government essentially to try to protect people from making big bets and gambles, because essentially this is a gamble. The chances of the, biz- the startups going out of business, I think it's like a 90, 95% chance that a startup goes out of business. So they have these rules in place that says, to put money in, you have to essentially be more, a more stable person. And it, there's also a restriction side of things where maybe it's restricting some of this to wealthier people. So it's you need to have either a million dollar net worth excluding your primary residence. So this is the whole thing too. They don't want people that like most of their money is just in their primary residence and they start mortgaging their home, uh, taking a lien on their home to just like invest in stuff. Cause that's also super highly risky because now you have people losing their houses, trying to invest in startups. Um, Or you have to have made $200,000 per year for the past three years. The only people that are really doing that are like engineers at tech firms. I wasn't making that the startup, like at the time was doing like 150,000 a year in revenue. So obviously there's costs associated with that. Like I was nowhere near that 200,000 per year in actual income coming in. And, uh, they said, or you and your spouse together could, I think it's maybe you need to make 300,000. And I don't know if we would be there, but it was that you need, you hit a million dollar net worth, you and your spouse, spouse, excluding primary residence. So I think that, the thing with all this is like it started. I don't remember if this was after we got the opportunity or when it it was just more like things were kind of looking on the up. I started looking into what. Oh yeah, I think it was more of when it started looking like maybe we could invest. Maybe it was not confirmed. I started looking in, learning about accreditation status. And I'm like, oh shit! Like even if he says that we can invest, there's a law that essentially says that we can't invest. And I'm like, now I'm like freaking out. I'm like looking into my finances. Is there any way I can hit a million dollars? I'm like, I I'm, I'm no. <laughs> So I think that was the whole, like, okay, well, I know your finances <laughs> and I know that together, if we add what I have and what you have, we're actually, we actually like barely hit that. We could, we can say that we hit that. So I think that's why I, I genuinely threw it by you where I said, if we actually genuinely get the opportunity, to, opportunity to invest, is there any chance that you would actually be open to getting married? So that we can invest in motion.
0: And it was in a group chat with Evan. You asking that question. It wasn't even like a conversation like this. And Evan was very much who, like in the first episode, we talked about Evan. He's kind of the reason why we met. So he was just very much like taking all the credit and eating it up. And he was like, this is fantastic. And yeah, I remember laughing and being like, yeah. And we told this story to someone like just at a conference like two weeks ago and I, you were telling it and I was in another conversation and I heard the guy say like, does she know that you asked her to marry you to invest? And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like we talk. Yeah. Yeah. And and
1: the, the whole thing too is like, we were talking about in the prior episode about how we met and everything like that. It's like, you had made it very clear to me. You're like, I'm not planning on getting married anytime soon, if at all ever again. Yeah. Because you had just gone through a divorce and, like, that was already like a touchy side of things. And it was so, like, shortly after all of that, in a way, that this is not something that you just throw out, like, hey, let's get married to invest in a company. But I think it was very much the lens of, like, this is a logical decision. Like, this would really suck to have made it this far to finally find the opportunity and get the opportunity to invest in something and to not be able to do it because of just, like, this, this arbitrary rule that existed. I'm willing to personally take the risk, but the government's essentially saying no.
0: Yeah, it was a very practical decision in a way. And I remember laughing about it. And I have never met anybody who's gone married. We we actually didn't end up getting married for that reason because you value okay, the business. So there,
1: well, there, so there are two things. I learned that they, they slightly modified the, the ruling. Um, so it's it's spouse or spousal equivalent. And then I right. think a spousal equivalent was you, you lived together at least a year and yeah. we had lived together. It wasn't a year at this point. I think this was like eight months into technically living with each other. And then also we had no proof around it because it was like living it yeah. outside. And then it was also living with your parents. And it's almost like, should your parents write a lease agreement with us? Like all these things, <laughs> like how do we prove if this comes up that we've been living together a year? Um, and then I think the other path to go down was like, you know, I've never gotten the company valued. Maybe like Let's say we're also in kind of a crazy market that I'm like, maybe like, surely they can value the company at like two times revenue or something like that. Um, And I think that was actually by the time, yeah, that, that actually was the reason that it was like, cool, if we actually ever had to prove this, I can get the company valued and that would actually get us there. So we don't need to put the pressure on the marriage side of things to get there. It was very much, we were both in like, yeah, like that's, that we yeah. were good with it. I
0: felt comfortable moving forward if it came to that. And I just loved the story behind it. Yeah. Obviously we're telling it on a podcast yeah. now. And what was I going to say? Lost my train of thought.
1: Yeah. So essentially there was the investing marriage side of things, and then we made the transfer in. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Was this the 5000 or?
0: Well, no, I was okay. going to say, so we put the investment under your name, yeah. uh, you being accredited. Yeah. So in a way, like we were getting yeah. married because- Not that like $5,000. I mean, it's a significant amount of money. It's muddying our
1: finances together when we were also clear about keeping things separate.
0: Yeah. So it was like we were getting married long-term because with angel investing, it's not like a one-year thing. It's like a decade-long thing. So we were like, even if we split up, we're kind of tied in this. And there was a lot of trust there for me to know, like if things had gone well, like I would get a payout and et cetera. So yeah, we kind of, yeah, got married in a...
1: Yeah. So, okay. So this is, this was fun too. Cause like, so now we're not, we're not married. Our finances are obviously separate. Um, you had to then transfer me over the five grand. (laughs) So essentially the, the whole point of this is like, I was like, okay, you need to transfer me. <laughs> we didn't figure out a way that you could even transfer. Cause we're also dealing with all the frustrations of like most of your money's in Australia. And then there's the conversion from Australian to USD and the bad conversion rate. And then also Canadian, like all this stuff like that. And then also how do we even transfer the money over? Cause now it's not just like an ACH transfer. If both people are in the U S and I think, yeah, we use transfer wise now wise and when you're going to transfer the money, I think you're just like, okay, should I just say, I don't know. You're like, should I just put in there that it's going to be for a trip or like trip hanging or, out or
0: rent? Like,
1: and, and I'm like, I, I want to do things like buy the books in a way. And I'm like, no, no, no Like you need to put in like that. This is like for motion um, that our investment, we're putting 35 K in. And, and then I, I think you were like, well, how about we just do like M instead of putting motion and just like M 35 uh, and like whatever. It was kind of like this gray area. So we we agreed, finally, you're going to put some description in there. And we're like, cool, fine, whatever. So we're waiting for, for, for it to process. And then I think like, of course, at this point, Harry's like, okay hey, you, you need to send the funds over. And then we get an email from Wise.
0: Yeah. And it was like, what, I don't know the, what the intro was, but basically it was like, what are you transferring? Are you trying to buy a military vessel? <clears throat> and I was like, what? Like, I remember just being like, what the hell is going on? And I look up M35 and it's like a speed boat of some yeah. sort. And I was like, no, no. So they
1: literally flagged it. They would not transfer the money. You had to explain yourself. So, in, in addition to where like here, you're like, can we do it this just like open ended way? And I'm like, no, I want to do this by the books. And by doing it by the books, they're thinking it's something different to the point where they're literally like, you can't do this. And then we're like, oh my gosh, are we actually getting in trouble now? Like, what's happening?
0: Yeah, it was nerve wracking. I think, but the cross border thing like made me think yeah. about it more. And I was like, I don't know. I just wanted it to be kosher. So yeah, that was like a funny little story. But we transferred our money. I remember like filming a quick video of you like signing the safe agreement. And- oh my gosh!
1: Even but even there, this is the the scary stuff that I'm like, cool. We're transferring this money over to Motion, and then they send over um, the the document, and it doesn't say Motion on it. It was actually their incorporation yeah. name. So then I'm also like, wait, we're about to just. S- like wire money over to a company that is not even the company that we're saying it is, but like you kind of just take faith in this stuff and it's like, well, the DBA is motion. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to keep registering a new business every time you na- change your name. So then it was the second level thing where we're like, we're ready to go. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels like, are we getting scammed? Like this- all these things run through your head yeah, because we're just sending this money to like a random named organization that is so not motion in a way, but it, but it was. So then I think we just did it and we were like, okay, it's in, we've made the, we've made the transaction and yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember we went out for dinner with my parents because this is like just when COVID was like opening up Yeah, uh, and we had been vaccinated and we told them and I was like nervous that they were going to be like, what, like you guys are nuts, but they were really supportive and I appreciated that. Yeah. And yeah, since then, like you've gone on, we've gone on, sometimes just you, sometimes us together to make over 20 investments now, 20 for you. 18
1: in the first 12 months. Like it was literally it just clicks something. Yeah. And I started like, you know, selling off some stocks and things like that to like, and and I know as a percentage of net worth, like shouldn't have been doing what I was doing. Everyone's like, you shouldn't put more than 5%. I think right now, probably at like, gosh, 40% of my net worth um, is in startups. But it's also like, I think I, it unlocked realizing that this is actually an area that I think I'm, I'm good at. And, what we're doing together so overlaps this in so many different ways. And I think he gives us unique insights and all of these things that it's worth, worth it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then to wrap up this story, I guess we, we ended up getting married because I moved over to the States. Mm-hmm. So I had to basically be married to stay here and our engagement. So you don't see an engagement ring <laughs> anywhere. I inherited, first of all, I bought myself this ring. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was single and then this spring, your mom gave me from your late father because yeah. he had given it to her and I have to get it resized and I will eventually, but we, yeah, we don't have a traditional story. We didn't, you know, pay for a wedding. We had like two people there and we just signed paperwork, which was amazing and exactly what we wanted. Yeah. And then for our engagement. We, I remember we were listening to, I, you were
1: jo- yeah, yeah. We were, <laughs> we were listening to, What? what, it was you, a stonks yeah. pitch.
0: Yeah. They were raising money and stonks is like a platform that allows startups to basically stream their pitch and raise money like live, like, like a first of its kind. Twitch
1: TV meets anyone, as long as you're accredited, get to invest in startups live while they are pitching. Alex here from the future. Okay. So in typical startup fashion, Stonks has rebranded to Sand Hill markets, and they've also pivoted as a business. We actually use them to invest in companies like SpaceX, OpenAI, and Stripe. So they're a secondaries marketplace, and they charge zero fees and carry, and they just make it super accessible to invest in these companies. So think Robinhood for secondaries essentially is what they're going after. So if you are interested in checking it out and you want to save some money off the subscription, use the link in the description and it'll give you a discount toward your first year. All right, cool. Back to the episode.
0: And we were watching it and we were just like impressed with the startups that we had invested in their fund already, but Mm -hmm. then like this was stonks raising money. And I remember you being like, I want to put money in. And I was like, I think I want to put money in. And we were like, do you want to do like 5k each and like call it an engagement ring? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And yeah, that's the story of the ring.
1: So yeah. And this is, this is such a fun thing because like we, I remember we were telling my brother. Oh my God, About yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just like, so we decided it was over a video call because we were. No, it was a no, we person. person. It was a okay. person. And I said, um, so we decided that instead of getting engagement rings, like we're investing in stongs. and he's like, what? No, no. Like that's, that's not fair. That's not fair. No, like like
0: no girl would want this. And I do think sometimes when I tell like females that story, they're kind of like looking for my engagement ring, but I love it. I think it's like, so us and it feels like, it just feels like a very practical thing to do Yeah, in a way, but risky cool yeah all right this wraps up episode two this was great this was fun retelling the story i really enjoyed it and i feel like it's gonna be nice to watch this in the future
1: yeah do we wait yes (laughs) okay cool
0: we had some serious conversations like, I don't want to continue to angel invest if it means that I'm sacrificing this much in my day to day.
1: I have lived in a way where I have had 95% of my net worth invested in something for the majority of my life because it's losing money if it's sitting in your savings account.
0: I'll talk about the one investment that we disagreed on.
1: Yeah.
0: When one of us comes to the table and is like, this is actually like something that we need to look at together as a couple, you took it seriously. And I think that's what I appreciate about you and our partnership.